Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to episode 27. Let's go. Neil, how are you feeling? 27, Josh. 27. Jesus. We are my age. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, We got some, I don't know about fun stuff to talk about, but we got some stuff to talk about. We're going to talk the Euro Cup final and a whole bunch of shit that happened there. We're going to talk about our losers of the week. Uh, We're going to talk MLB All-Star Weekend that just wrapped up. And then we're gonna talk about all of the, all of the the broken bones that happen at UFC trilogy. The recap, trilogy. recap of the trilogy. The recap. So uh, let's let's get into it. Let's uh, let's talk about the Euro Cup final. Um, England falls short to Italy in a penalty shootout. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Uh, we talked about refer- refereeing in this Euro Cups. Um, like the, throughout, it's just been so inconsistent. Whether it's gone to VAR, whether it's not, there are some clear red cards in this clear game. Clear red cards in this game that that have now become memes because yeah. they were such clear red cards. There was a, a blatant horse collar, like if on there was, Saka, yeah, yeah. If that was a what is this, the NFL? full on horse collar. Yeah, I saw a meme that said um, that had that. Uh, footage of that horse collar happening yeah. and it, it was a meme that said when Arabs find out that you're trying to pay the bill and it was a full on a horse <laughs> collar uh, yeah no it's uh, it was a clear red card and it, it was not called a red card it was it was close to the end of the game um, Kalani obviously like could not keep up with Saka and so he pulled him down by his uh, shirt and that wasn't called. It looked so. super dangerous too. It was very dangerous. Yeah, you could have done serious damage to his neck there because he pulled mm-hmm. him d- directly down to the ground. Um, but anyways, uh, the game itself, England scored right off the bat and with the most beautiful lob pass I think I've ever seen. Um, mm, four minutes, uh, two and a half minutes. Two in. and a half minutes in. Luke we Shaw. hadn't even. Yeah, I was. I was going to a patio and we hadn't even been seated yet. Mm-hmm. And and the then England scored and Luke Shaw scored. Um, and from the least likely to score in Luke Shaw, our left back, I mean, like, yes, he was having a great, uh, great tournament, but he was never going to, you know, he was never likely. If you bet on Luke Shaw to score the first goal, you are a very, very rich person right now. Luke Shaw just... Incred- like his value just skyrocketed after this tournament. Of course. You know, and this, every time there's a Euro Cup tournament or, you know, a World Cup tournament, there's always some unsung heroes that come on top, come out of this and get known. And like their stock just skyrockets, right? <laughs> We've seen this happen with guys like Luis Suarez, with back in the day with Fernando Torres, with, you know, even like German players. You know what I mean? Like these players make a name for themselves in tournaments like mm-hmm. this. And we saw Luke Shaw do that. You know, he's playing for United. Who knows? He might demand a higher contract in the coming years here because of this one performance in this tournament. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. There's always those players that go into the tournament on like a lower end team, like your Aston Villas or your, your Villarreal or something, or your Newcastle or, you know, a lower end team. And then they go into the tournament and they just blow up like you're yeah. like a Jack Grealish. Yeah. Or, you know, someone along those lines. And then they'll get sought out, sought out by another team. 
Um, and that happened to Luke Shaw um, originally when he first stepped into you know the na- the national stage. Mm-hmm. United went and grabbed him almost immediately from Southampton. Yeah. Um, I remember there were Southampton, Southampton had a, a lot of world class players on their team, but they were world class young players. And if they kept those players, which obviously they couldn't, it's a shame because they didn't have the money to keep them. But like Adam Lallana, Luke Shaw, like there were mm-hmm. a lot of players that as soon as they went into their first national tournament, they were they were taken over, you know. And so it's a shame that like the rich get richer. Mm-hmm. And the poor, you know, have to just struggle to keep these players. But um, and part of me wants Jack Grealish to stay in Aston Villa because of that specific reason. It's like the Dame Lillard situation, you know, like there's teams that are coming after Dame Lillard. But if Dame Lillard yeah. stays in Portland, I mean, I, I don't think Dame Lillard is ever going to win a, win a ring in Portland. Um, it, you know, crazier things have happened. I mean, like we see the Suns in the finals right now, but like. I don't think Jack Grealish with Aston Villa is ever going to win the Premier League. Hey, he's loyal to his hometown. That's why they love him, right? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, going forward in this game, it was pretty back and forth. Um, there were there were periods of the game where each team dominated. Um, but then in late in the, I think it was the 80th minute or something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, Italy scored. Yeah, it was like the 76th or something like 76, that. 76, yeah. something like that, yeah. Late in the game, they, they were pressing most of the second half, though, and they were coming on. They had to. They I were. mean, they had they had to. Um, they were coming on most of the game. They had some really good chances. Pickford made some really good saves. Um, but in the end, you know, like they, they couldn't, you know, Italy, Italy's front three evidently, like, blew past the, the back three of, of England yeah. and managed to put one in it wasn't even a good goal it was a scramble goal it's a it was scrappy just goal. like yeah it was yeah. a fight tooth and nail to get that ball in the net um you know if it do not succeed try try again and that was the goal that happened and then fast forward to the penalty shootout we decided to make a euro cup final a skills competition there were always going to be i mean like rashford and sancho were put on Late in extra time because everyone knew at that point it was going to a penalty shootout. And so we wanted to get our strikers on. So Rashford and Sancho were put on specifically yeah. to do just that. Before we get we get into the penalty shootout, do you do you feel like the finals I, I I don't agree with the finals having to go to a shootout. I think especially in the Euro Cup final or World Cup final, you should have a golden goal. You know, you should continue playing. I think after the 120-minute mark, it should be a golden goal from here on out. I agree. You know, play your extra time. If it gets to extra time and still tied after that extra time, you play until a golden goal. Like, these are athletes, right? They can they can continue playing for more than 120 minutes. 100%. You know? Just give them more, give them more subs allowed. Exactly. The golden goal. Because you can't have, obviously, like, players play like your older players they can't play the entirety of that of that time frame but i i 100 agree with you i don't think any final any semi-final even should ever go to penalty shootouts in any sport yeah in any sport whether it's hockey whether it's i don't know you can't really have a shootout in baseball but well they don't do that in hockey they don't no that's the thing no in except in in national tournaments they do Mm-hmm. national tournaments they do but in the playoffs they don't 
Um, but that's kind of been the theme for like international tournaments, like in any sport really, is that there will always be a penalty shootout. And to put the weight of an entire nation on one kick, like from one, and you could have this player be an 18 year old player in, in Saka even like, man, I feel bad for that kid. We're going to get, yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, cause we both have some thoughts on that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it should never, ever come down to a penalty shoot. I 100% agree with you. We should make it a golden goal after the two 15-minute periods of extra time, just golden goal the rest of the time until someone scores. Mm-hmm. That would also make for amazing replays, amazing moments, like where it's still your team. Your, your team is all like you have to work together. It's not just one-on-one. It should never be one-on-one in a final. That's stupid. And it should never come down to a skills competition like that. Yeah. So Italy prevailed in shootout to three, like they won three to one in a penalty shootout. Um, England with three misses, but um, in reality, you know, Donnarumma stood on his head in the penalty shootout. He was a player of the tournament. He literally won player of the tournament. He is. He's 22 years old. He's been playing for Italy for five years already mm-hmm. since he was 17. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they continue to find these players year, center, decades after decades after Gigi Buffon stood on his head for decades for decades. this uh, this franchise, this this nation. Now we have Gigi 2.0. You know, we have Donnarumma, who we're gonna see for the next probably 15 years here. Yeah, Buffon. So. It was like a fine wine. Like he never like, and that became the running joke. Is that like? He would post pictures of him drinking like really nice wines. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Um, but um, anyways, let's talk about um, the aftermath of this game. Um, we, we, the, the whole world found out how racist England fans are. Um, the, the players that missed, specifically Jaden Sancho, Saka, and Rashford, um, were attacked racially um, by. I don't want to. I don't want to even say England supporters. I want to say England scum. It's the scum, yeah. It's the trash that's re- going online and bashing these players. Yeah. Uh, Marcus and, Rashford has a mural in Manchester um, for the work he's done for the country because that guy's a fucking hero. Mm-hmm. Um, he he literally started a movement to get Boris Johnson to fund student meals for those who don't have the money for those families who don't have the money to to let their children eat for lunch and marcus rashford was part of that program and that program was taken away and then marcus rashford fought tooth and nail for boris johnson and the english government to bring that program back that man is a fucking hero and he deserves everything and his mural that's in manchester was defaced by england's scum the people that do not ever deserve to to wear an England jersey or to, to even be a part of England because of the color of his skin, he was targeted, Marcus Rashford. And, you know, there, there was a, a great showing... Um, after his mural was defaced, uh, the people of Manchester and the people of England came together and, you know, decorated his his mural and, you know, covered up the 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 graffiti on it with, 
you know, uh, letters to Marcus Rashford saying how much we appreciate him and like England flags and in Manchester United jerseys. And um, there was actually like a it's, it's now become a place of, you know, respect for Marcus Rashford. But the fact that, you know, people have to come to his mural now and protest, you know, what has been happening is is something that should just have it's, never happened in the first place. The leadership of that country is just so fucked. You know, it starts with the prime minister. It starts with Boris Johnson. And, you know, like for those who don't know what we're talking about right now, you know, the three players that missed in these in, in the penalties were black. You know, Sancho is black. Rashford's black. Sacco, 19-year-old, who ultimately had the deciding shot to lose the game, was black. Like, all three of them are black. And you're, you mean to tell me that the prime minister, after seeing this, can't make a statement and say, hey, do not, none, none of the blame goes on these kids. And that's what they are. They're kids. So, you know, we, we see in the news, we see guys like Phil Neville... We see you guys like, you know, the, the the coach of this team, Southgate, they come on and they say, you know, like, hey, like, our team played well going up to here. I'm proud of our team. But if the prime minister is condoning these actions of what's happening in England, what do you think is going to happen? It's just he's promoting it, you know. So we see players come out and say how sickened they are by all this, what's going on. But the prime minister isn't saying shit. Yeah. You know, all he said was it has to stop now. Those involved should be held accountable. That's all he said. You know, and quote unquote, Phil Neville even said the prime minister said it was okay for the population of this country to boo those players who are trying to promote equality <laughs> and defend against racism. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, like the the world is, like I said before, the world is now come to realize how racist England fans are. Your players take a knee before the game to protest racial injustice in the world and in that country and you boo them yeah what the fuck is wrong with you you're saying the prime minister said it was okay for you to boo it's despicable get that fucker out of there that's that's a whole other thing boris johnson but i want to talk specifically you know england fans england fans are the worst they're the worst i am a fan of this of this team, but England fans are the worst. They boo other teams' national anthems, which, you know, you can have your own debates as to, you know, what national anthems mean to countries and, you know, like what specifically, like whether or not a national anthem should be played before the game regardless, but that's not why they're booing it. They're booing it because they're disrespectful. Mm-hmm. They're booing their players. I can't get. I can't get over the fact that they boo the players for taking a knee before the game. What is that impeding on your experience of of being at a game? What are are you that upset that they they're taking that knee that that delays the start of the game by 0.5 seconds that you have to boo? No, you're booing because you're all racist assholes. And now the world is finally come to realize that. And we have, you know, yeah, like you said, like people in the media, people in sports having to post things on social media and come out and say, you know, how much we we have to support 
you know, specifically those three players. And we were including, they were including Sterling in that as well, because um, though Sterling did not miss in the penalty shootout, he was also attacked for mm-hmm. not playing at whatever level they, they wanted him to play at. But um, it's disgusting. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. And I don't, I don't know. Um, I think our love just needs to be intrinsically louder than the hate. I think that's the only way to combat this is that we need to start drowning out those voices of hate with voices of love. And I think of, of love and support and we need to start, like, I don't know. I think we just need to stop giving these people the platform. And I don't know if, if that means, you know, screening people before going to games or if that means, you know, people on social media, like going after, like when I see racist comment, I report it immediately. Mm-hmm. And not every not every racist comment that I report gets taken down, but some of them do. And I think we just need to keep doing that. I think we need to be vigilant and and um, stand up to injustices specifically. It won't work. I mean, if you're just gonna take a knee for no reason, it, uh, take a knee just to take a knee. Like, what are you doing, right? So. Hopefully, you know, these hateful, racist messages on social media towards these young players, it doesn't continue because, you know, we have the world watching. Yeah. Especially in a big, you know, like a bit, big event such as the Euro Cup, the world is watching. You know, we're, yeah. we need to set the right message. We need to set the right precedent from here moving forward. Um, and, you know, it starts with, you know, accepting that, you know, like these players played very hard in a game, gave it their all. And, you know, the Italy goaltender stood on his head, yeah. you know, and that's how it was, right? Did David Beckham after missing that, sh- that penalty kick receive the I'm same flag? I'm glad that you brought that up. Did he? David Beckham literally scored a field goal from his penalty shot. It, it skyrocketed. That, that would have been good from 60 yards out. Yeah. It know? skyrocketed <laughs> so far over the net. Yeah. And he his the color of his skin was never attacked. No. Afterwards. Gareth Southgate even missed the penalty. Yeah. As they an still player. they still talk about it in today's after every game, you know, like they talk about the turmoil that he faced. But they, they talk about it in a fun way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like Beckham's free kick was like it was it was looking back it was laughable. Like now we can like joke <laughs> yeah. about it with him and he people were like joking about it with him right afterwards. But, like, this isn't a joke. Like, this team going forward is going to be scary good. Mm-hmm. These are fucking kids. Yeah. Marcus Rashford, 22 years old. Jaden Sancho, a teenager. Saka, 18 years old. Sterling, even. This team is going to be amazing. At the next World Cup. World Cup is next year. Is next year. They're going to do it in the winter because they, they want to have mm-hmm. some time before. Because they're still working through the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. But this team is going to be so good. And the fans that watch this team yeah. do not deserve how good this team is going to be. That's why this, this loss doesn't hurt me. Like, as, as, like growing up as an England fan, like this... This is the farthest we've ever come in my lifetime. We made it to the semifinals of the World Cup 
last World Cup. We made it to the finals. We made it to the penalty shootout of a Euro Cup final. And that's not good enough for England fans. They have to go over, go after the skin color of the players that, that didn't live up. I'm not even going to say didn't live up because they had an amazing tournament. They didn't kick a ball into a net. That's wild. It's disgusting. Uh, I've got breaking news. Breaking news. Does it regard to this? It's It regards to soccer. Breaking news. Okay, let's hear it. Break Li- it. Lionel Messi. Uh, signs a deal? Five-year deal with Barcelona. With Barcelona. Five-year wow. deal? He's 34. He's going to play since he's 40. Yeah. He's... Sources also confirm that Messi has accepted a significant wage reduction to prolong his stay. Well, I mean, like, he's, he needs it. He needs the wage reduction because, like, he's not going to play at the same level until he's 40. I mean, like, yeah, Ryan Giggs played until he was 40. Yeah. Paul Scholes played until he was, like, 39. Paul right? Scholes can still be playing right now. He could Paul still Scholes jump on the pitch. and Dirtiest player of all time, Paul Scholes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Fuck. Uh, Guy got away with everything. Of course, of course, he was scary to play against. Um, Wow, that's insane. Lionel Messi, after all the talk of him potentially leaving and going to Manchester City or your PSG or something, whatever the his Messi's contract of six hundred million just expired. (laughs) Six hundred million. What are you doing with all that money, man? Yeah. And I he's evading taxes. He's evading taxes. Like, what is he doing? He got charged for evading taxes. Someone help this man. Someone help this man's finances. Seriously. Like, hire a fucking financial (laughs) advisor. He he came out and said, "Oh, I I I made a mistake. I didn't know. I don't manage my taxes." Like. You have that much money. You hire someone to manage your funds. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wiping um, your ass with fucking dollar bills. Anyways, great deal for him. He's gonna be anyways, great deal for him. The greatest player of all time. Um, but back to what we were saying, um, To in conclusion, yes, um, this team is going to be scary good, and we need to show them all the love and support specifically to England's black players. Um, 100%. Because, yeah, they, they do not deserve any sort of hate or racism. That's Period. all I have to say. Period. That's, That's all it. I have to say. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to our losers of the week. Is, that, is it that time? It's that time. Loser. Uh, should I go first or should you go first? Should I go first? Go ahead. I'll go first. Uh, loser? Who's your loser of the week? My loser of the week is... Edmonton Oilers, president of hockey operation and general manager, Ken Holland. And why? What? Why is he the lo- my loser of the week? And that's because there was a trade that happened this past week. And that was uh, the Chicago Blackhawks trading away Duncan Keith to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for blue liner Caleb Jones and a conditional third round draft pick in 2022. But what makes this deal so stupid is that Chicago, the team that is trying to tank, did not retain any salary. So the Chicago Blackhawks got rid of an aging Duncan Keith, who is getting paid $7.5 million. They gave that all to the Edmonton Oilers, a team that is already struggling for cap space. The Edmonton Oilers just took on an aging Duncan Keith, and his $7.5 million contract. 
And that is why Ken Holland is my loser of the week. Because he thinks that an aging, and I'm going to say aging as much as I can here, an aging Duncan Keith and his $7.5 million contract, he took that on. What is he, he thinks, doing? Like, what is he, what is he thinking? I, I have no idea. Ken I Holland, honestly, Ken Holland's historically been a decent GM. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but not this time. Duncan yeah. Keith is 37 years old, and you just took him on as your savior, savior for your franchise? A 37-year-old who's getting paid $7.5 million. When I got a notification that had Duncan Keith in the headline, I thought he was announcing his retirement. Because that should be the only Duncan Keith news that shows up on your phone. But no, he's going to the Edmonton Oilers along with his $7.5 million contract. Are you joking? I'm not joking. This is not a joke. Is it April 1st? I don't joke about aging (laughs) blue liner Duncan Keith. I do not. Who is your loser of the week, Neil? My loser of the week, I, I, I'm still shaking my head over it. It's, you know, he's been my loser of the week in the past. It's Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> oh, my yes. I did want to talk week. about this. I did want to talk about this. My but loser of the on. week. Go on. Is Stephen A. Smith. And if you are unaware as to why he is my loser of the week, let me explain to you. Explain Stephen away. A. Smith earlier this week. You know, with the MLB All-Star game happening uh, last night, mm-hmm. um, earlier this week, Stephen A. Smith went on record for saying, quote, I, well, you know, in, in the context that, you know, the, the public was saying that Shohei Otani was now the new face of MLB with how good he's been on both sides of the ball. We haven't seen a player play this well pitching and fucking batting and hitting at the same time. at the same time since babe babe motherfucking ruth yeah so after you know like all of the the blow up and mvp caliber type season that shohei's have had so far stephen a smith when catching wind of the fact that shohei otani is now the new face of baseball said quote I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he's saying in this country, end quote. Uh, Xenophobia, I think. I think you can say xenophobia there, Neil. The the reason I'm calling Stephen A a loser is that he stands up for minorities, stands up for Black Lives Matter. He's a big advocate for, you know, opportunity in, in every show that you ever heard him say he's had something to say about this you know and rightfully so but this makes no sense to me like how are you going to go against everything that you believe everything in everything that he has just said and i don't think he realizes that what he's saying contradicts yeah. most of what he's said in the past because and he had such a bullshit apology too obviously you went his on apology record apology later that day i saw it was him doubling down on his original comment yeah, he did that, but he also like came out earlier, either yesterday or this morning, and, and apologized again. And, you know, I, I just want to go on record and say apologies are for accidents. You know, if someone steps on your foot, they didn't see it, they should fucking apologize for that mistake. Apologies are not for assholes. You know, and Stephen A. Smith is a fucking asshole. He's an asshole. You yeah. know, he's been doing this asshole bit for quite some time now, and it's starting to get old. You know, and a lot of people are are on him right now for, you know, the criticism he's made towards Shohei Otani, and it's 
it's so unfair. You know, give this guy his credit. He's blowing up right now. He's 26 years old. Yeah. He's starting to hit his prime. We don't even know what this fucking guy is going to continue doing. He is a monster. Yeah. He Otani only had 33, 33 home runs for a pitcher. That's it? Halfway through the season. He's on pace to hit 70 home runs this year. That's insane. For a pitcher. For a pitcher. The fucking pitcher. And he he made it to the All-Star game as a hitter and a pitcher. He let off and he started pitching. He won the game for the yeah. AL. He got the dub. He was the starting pitcher and he let off the roster. Yeah, he has 87 strikeouts in 67 innings this season as a pitcher. He's 4-1, 349 ERA. That's fucked. As a, as a batter... You know, like he's he's terrorizing the league right now. You know, he's batting. There's no better batter right now. No, in the league. You know, Vladimir Guerrero. We'll get to him in a second, but it's it's it's, it's two be the two of them. The yeah. two of them at the end of this at the end of this season. It is now the two of them going back and forth, like trading off, like leading home run race. But um, I think I'm I think I might have to buy an Otani jersey. I think. I have an addiction to buying jerseys, and I think I might have to buy one. You do, yeah. I'm surprised you don't have one already. I'm surprised I don't have one either, Um, but I might have to buy one. Let's get into the MLB All-Star Weekend. Yeah, did you watch a game? I did. It was a crazy... Shohei Otani was in the MLB uh, Home Run Derby as well. Yeah. And my God, what a performance. He actually... But Juan Soto actually out-dueled him, and, you know, like... Juan Soto is a crazy prospect. You know, I think this is a third year that he's been in the league now. And between him, Acuna, Tatis, and Guerrero, MLB is in a good spot right now. And Otani. And Otani, yeah. Um, in terms of the home run derby, uh, Pete Alonso did, he broke a record for the most home runs in a single round of 35. Like, that's his new record. Yeah, 35 in a single round. In a single round, yeah. Um, so he retained his title from last year. He put on a show, but the home run der- derby is always fun to watch. Um, they try to, you know, change it up every year to try and, you know, make it more interesting, which, you know, you don't really have to do with the home run derby. The home run derby is like the, it's like the slam dunk competition in the NBA all-star weekend. Like it's what people come to see. Right. Um, but in terms of the game itself, uh, the MLB all-star game is always, you know, more interesting than any other sports all-star game because there's still something on the line. Right. Yeah, like there's the um, uh, home field advantage for the the finals, World Series yeah. for the World Series, yeah. And so there's still something to play for, and I think every All Star game in every uh, sport should have something to play for like that. Um, but here we are. But yeah, I thought it was a really good game. And who was our uh, MVP, Neil? The youngest MVP in AL or sorry in All Star game history, mm-hmm. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Vladdy Youngest G. ever. He had a two-run home run in the game. You know, ultimately the um, AL took this game, but Vladimir Guerrero was a star of the show. You know, that's great. Hopefully, you know, he continues off a great first half. And, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, the second half and what to expect here moving forward and mm-hmm. specifically the Toronto Blue Jays and, like, what you think we have going on, you know, and what you think we have right now. Because at... Right now, as it stands, the the Blue Jays are at forty one and thirty seven. They're seven and a half games back in the AL East. Uh, they're only four and a half games back of the second wild wild card spot. Mm-hmm. But you know this fucking bullpen that we have right now is given uh, Charlie Montoyo, 
who uh, is the head coach of the Blue Jays, giving them plenty of headaches, especially lately. You know, they can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to fix the back of this rotation. 100%. Right now. There's but, definitely some cracks in the dam right now. They got to figure this out, though. You know, yeah. we've we've seen players like Alec Manoa come up from Double A and and surprisingly rock the MLB. Mm-hmm. Fucking Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, killing it this year. You know, he had a, a hard time not walking players last year. Mm-hmm. But you know, one thing that the Blue Jays are really good is with Paul Walker. He's great at. You know, turning players. Pete Walker, sorry. Mm -hmm. Not Paul Walker. R.I.P. R.I.P. It's been a long... (laughs) No? Too too soon? (laughs) Paul Walker. Uh, We need Paul Walker right now. (laughs) Pete Walker, yes. Doing a great job. Um, And then, obviously, we got our ace, Ryu. So, again, like, we could use, you know, a couple... Maybe an impact starter. We We definitely need bullpen help. But the Blue Jays, I'm hearing... That there's talks of the Blue Jays wanting to go out and add Nelson Cruz to an already ridiculous offense. Why you know not? How ridiculous that would be. Why not? And now that even like our our most expensive signing, George Springer, is now fully healthy, like he he you see him getting back. And I mean, like obviously he's not the the player he was last season yet, but he's getting there. And mm. that that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to watch in the second half. But for Vladdy to to opt out of the home run derby just goes to show how much how serious he takes this season because remember he wasn't the same player after last year's home run derby yeah he tired himself out he definitely tired himself out and um for him to opt out of this year's home run derby just yeah goes to show that he takes this season seriously and he knows what what this team has and he knows that the time to win is it's kind of right now so uh once we fix the bullpen um once we you know once Montoyo, I think, lets his starters pitch for longer in a game. Then I think we're gonna see this this team start to start to rack up the wins. Uh, but yeah, this team is this team is gonna have a fun second half to the season, and I'm excited to watch them. My jerseys are already up on my wall because let's go, let's fucking go. Uh, let's talk about the UFC match this weekend. My God. The end of a trilogy. Um, what was more disappointing, the end of this? trilogy or the end of game of thrones what was more disappointing to you both both are more disappointing <laughs> okay fair okay you're taking the switzerland approach to this uh yeah the, both. the in the in the first round in the first round conor mcgregor steps back on his ankle and his ankle folds up like an accordion and um the match is called uh tko because yeah obviously mcgregor can't i mean We've seen McGregor try and come back from injuries before in in matches where you know even in the Mayweather fight like he was he was down and out and probably going to pass out but he's like no I I I, I want to keep going and he tried to tell the ref I want to keep going but I don't think he he could have kept going after this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Neil? I think I thought this was a very interesting one round fight, you know, because I don't think I'll break this down step by step. You know, I don't think. Uh, Poirier dominated the first round, but he did have enough to win 10-8 in the first round, I feel. You know, it was extremely close. It appears, you know, from timing that he dominated about half the round. Um, Did Poirier impact his opponent with effective strikes? Yeah, his ground and pound was effective. 100%. Did McGregor have offense? Did he have any offensive output? 
Yeah, I think he did. He had strong kicks. He attacked from bottom position. He even went for a fucking uh, submission, which didn't end too well. But I think, you know, Poirier diminished McGregor's energy, his com- his confidence, his spirit. Um, uh, it was that one leg kick that McGregor had that ended his doom, you know, ended yep. his, his ability in this match. And you saw you were saying, you know, before we started recording that that kick was actually felt by Poirier and Poirier knew so, something yeah, was up. Yeah, they interviewed Poirier right after the match and he said he knew exactly when McGregor broke his broke his leg. because um, he pointed to him. If you and if you look back at the replay, uh Poirier like he didn't put his guard down or anything, but he pointed to McGregor, McGregor's mm-hmm. leg, saying, you know, like you good? Like kinda like mouthing, like just checking on him. Because he, he he could feel his leg break. He could mm-hmm. feel McGregor's leg break. Um, but it wasn't until McGregor put all of his weight on it where it just folded up like that. Um, but yeah, Poirier claims that he knew exactly when McGregor's leg broke. And even when, even after the match, even when like after they put McGregor's leg back into place and he was literally sitting on the cage, he was still talking shit to Poirier. And Poirier was like, if, yeah, go interview him. I want to see what he's saying. Like, apparently, he, he when he even when he was sitting on the mat against the cage like that. Apparently, he looked at Poirier and signaled a gun sign to his head, like yeah. he was gonna murder him and his yeah. wife. And he was he still doing that. He shit. said something like, like, "Your wife's in my DMs" or something like that. Like, yeah, he, McGregor, he, just just shut the fuck up for once in your goddamn life. Shut the fuck up, and you know, let the fucking trainers tend to your accordion of an ankle mcgregor's 32 right now and you know poirier is looking at poirier's 32 as well poirier is looking at like someone who is on the upswing who's on the up and up who's now won two fights in a row against conor mcgregor yeah who's now going to get a title shot he's the number one contender Mm -hmm. i don't you know like since let me just break it down for you since the fight with floyd mayweather Conor McGregor has won one fight. And that was against, the easiest fight. Against Cowboy, Cowboy Cerrone. Cerrone. Yeah, the easiest fight ever. And that was, you know, Cowboy Cerrone was super washed. And, like, yeah, anyone could have beaten Cowboy in that fight. That was a fight that McGregor no. booked specifically to get a win under his belt so he yeah. can jump back into the UFC. Yeah. That's why he booked that fight. Um, but since that, like, McGregor has just looked like someone who doesn't have it anymore who just looks like someone washed, you know, and someone that, you know, he has been for a long time, someone who walks the walks and talks the talks. You know, he talks a lot of shit. There's no one better at promoting a fight than Conor McGregor. Mm -hmm. But at this point right now, you know, he used to be the type of person that would talk all this shit, then get into the ring and then kick the shit out of you. He used to beat you up. Yeah. That's what he was for a very long time. Now, Again, since he got paid against Floyd Mayweather, we're not seeing that same person. He doesn't... That, I feel like he doesn't... He feels that he doesn't need to be that person anymore. No, he used to be a poor man fighting to, to make money, and he was yeah. fighting that way. Now, now after he, the, he has nothing to fight for. The wallet he picked up after the Mayweather fight, like, yeah, he doesn't... He, his heart's not in it as much. Yeah. He's well, also he, a piece of shit, but... Well, he just had a three-hour surgery to fix his leg, his tibia and fibula. So he himself is coming out saying that he is feeling tremendous. He's going to be on a crutch for six weeks, and then he's going to start building himself back up to come back and fight. So, 
There's always, after every fight recently of McGregor's, there's always the talk, like, are we going to see McGregor again? Has he, is he going to retire? How many times has McGregor retired now? Like, he's, he's announced on social media he's done, and then come back. Like, I'm kind of, honestly, I'm kind of getting sick of the whole McGregor shtick now, a little I bit. Know. I think he's still young enough to make a comeback here. You know, he's, I don't know, I just don't know if he still has it. You know, we've seen him twice now in six months come out and say, you know, he's going to he's gonna destroy Poirier. And Poirier is, don't get me wrong, he's a black belt. He's a Muay Thai fighter. You know, he's, a, he's underrated. And he's on the upswing. He's the number one contender in the lightweight division. Mm-hmm. Like, he is every bit the part that we thought we were going to see from Conor McGregor. You know, like we thought we were going to see a Conor McGregor win in this fight and then potentially have a shot at the title. But... You know, Con- Conor McGregor has just built himself so deep in this division now. He has to he has to win his next three fights to even be in consideration for in a title. In consideration, fight. that's the thing. Like he's almost looked at as an afterthought now. Yeah. Did you see Jake Paul? The oh, God. the necklace I, he made. Can we go one podcast without <laughs> talking about the Paul brothers? Anyways, what? Okay. So Jake Paul created. Um, he, I hate Jake Paul, man. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I fucking hate him. He created this necklace of a sleep, sleeping McGregor, of McGregor just like after the knockout from two fights ago with Poirier. Yeah. He created a necklace and gave it to Poirier, and Poirier just auctioned it off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you see? Okay, this is the last thing, last Paul thing I'm going to talk about. But Jake Paul has an upcoming fight with, with Woodley, right? Like you saw that. Yep. And Jake Paul just made a bet with Tyrone Woodley saying, if I think, I don't know, I watched the clip once, but he said, if I win, you have to get a tattoo saying, I love Jake Paul. And if, if I win, or if he, if Tyrone Woodley wins, then Jake Paul has to get a tattoo saying, I love Tyrone Woodley on his body. What is with tattoos, man? I'm just so like, I got a tattoo on his leg of him taking, uh, Mayweather's hat saying gotcha hat I'm so fucking sick of that guy I'm so fucking sick of those brothers I know I hope Tyrone Woodley knocks the shit out of him I hope we never see Jake Paul ever again apparently the necklace was valued at a hundred thousand dollars like what good god I don't know Anyways, 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 that's enough Jake Paul. That's talk. enough Jake Paul. As soon as we start talking about the Paul brothers, it's time to end the episode. <laughs> yeah. Thank you folks for tuning in to another one. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next one. Thanks guys. See you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the shoot your thought podcast. 